In case you're new here, each week we meet here in virtual reality using the latest technology to discuss the next generation of personal computing. I am your bespectacled host today, Kyle Riesenbeck, filling in for, uh, well, uh, filling in for Ian, Ian Hamilton, uh, who is normally the host. Uh, I'm joined by my colleague, Ian Hamilton, who is hey. filling in for David Heaney. This is, this is fun. <laughs> I'm saying that, yeah, I'm seeing a mention that your mic is crackling. I am hearing that too, Kyle. So I don't know what that is. That's not even the popping. That's just straight up crackling. No. So I have no idea what that is, but well, do you have a I can, Quest 2 handy if you need to? I, I, I don't. Uh, the Quest 2 is, um, was, was bequeathed to someone else. So, I mean, I can talk a little bit quieter, maybe. All right. Well, well I mean. Just do a whispering, okay. like, you know, you know, you love those ASMR videos. So. I, I, I do. I do. So hello, everyone. Uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll be nice and quiet here. Uh, now I'll probably be able to talk in normal, normal mode here. Uh, so yeah, very softly. All right. Well, anyway, um, we're here uh, in the uh, proprietary upload virtual studios. That's where we are. This is something that we built and you can't have. Uh, we're broadcasting live on YouTube, so uh, we can see all of the comments and everything. Hello uh, to those of you on YouTube. Uh, feel free to post comments and questions during the show, and we'll uh, we'll address it. Um, you know, VR download is uh, also syndicated, uh, so it's on all podcast platforms. And if you like this type of quality programming to continue, we need your support by liking, subscribing. And uh, obviously sharing all of your upload links to your friends. Uh, but uh, in order for us to do this, we, we do have a paid sponsor for this episode. Uh, it's Veil VR. Uh, Veil VR just released in early access on Steam. It's a VR first-person shooter built with immersive physics, full-body animations and skins, climb, vault, ride zip lines, and defy gravity on jump pads to achieve victory. Uh, in this 5x5 competitive shooter, Veil VR will, was built from the ground up with the community's input every step of the way. From standardizing play her, player height to preventing play space cheats, this game has made huge improvements to the standard free VR first-person shooter experience. It's available now on Steam, and their next esports tournament starts in January. Uh, so, like, now, I guess. Uh, to find out more, check out their Steam page in the uh, description of this video, which will be in there. So, uh, yeah. Hi, Ian. Uh, it's it's nice to be in the same room with you uh, for the first time since um, CES. We were in CES together. Keeney is off on a secret mission, what we can't discuss. So that's why he's not David. here. David. David is off on a uh, secret I'm sorry. Mission. David. David Heaney. His name is David. His name is David. This is like Fight Club. His name is David. Okay. Yeah, so hi to everyone out there. Yes, it is me. I am here uh, trying to be, I guess, uh, passive voice. So everything I will say happened before. Passive voice. Not active. But anyway, uh, Ian, we, we got some fun stuff to talk about today. Yeah, hello. Thank you for the donation there uh, from Mid Midlife Kid. We need software, not hardware. We will take what we can get. Thank you. And yeah, thank you to all of our members out there. I'm sorry if you've be recently become a member. I haven't updated the slide yet. I'll get it updated soon. 
yeah, we've got, we're going to be covering Quest Hand Tracking 2.1. That should be an awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Did I, you uh, just zip out? I, what happened? I, I somehow did the, like the, the menu gesture or something when I, when I wiggled my fingers and I, and yeah. I bumped right out of reality. Yeah. See, awesome. you did, you did what I did earlier, which was cause you were counting and you were like five, four, then, you know, counting down. And I did that. And when I did that, I think that's what booted me out and you just did it too. Yeah. Nice. That, that's pretty touchy. That's going to be a, that's going to be an ugly one. Yeah. So quest hand tracking 2.1. Microsoft's huge job cuts that laid waste to the VR and AR teams over there. There's also Apple shelving its long-term AR glasses, as well as a lot of details about how the VR-based system is going to work that's coming out this year or expected to come out this year. And then we're going to wrap up the show talking about some of our experiences at CES that we both uh, did. So, uh, I think it's going to take us a little while to get through some of this stuff. There's a lot of discussion to have around some of these subjects. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in this week. And I, I hopefully won't be popping too much. Uh, my my uh, little wind guards fell off my Quest Pro this week. So uh, mm, let me know if the, yeah. the, the p -p -p puzz there are too bad. Hello, Alex, in our comment. Thank you for tuning in. Indie Soul, Andrew, everyone. On a what I, a lot of our regular viewers, Mark Krakowski. What I find odd is, you know, and again, it's very difficult for me to use my indoor voice, my indoor voice. Uh, I have little pop filters on mine, but apparently I'm too loud still. Even with being restricted, my voice is still emanating out into the metaverse so loud and I, I just, I don't know. I guess I just have that kind of voice. I don't know oh what to do. Gosh. I don't know what to do. Yeah, you just got to, you got to, you got to program yourself to speak ASMR just, just by, by default. I just, I just can't, uh, I, I, I find myself whispering in the ears of our audience. I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. It sounds creepy. Yeah, that's for sure. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for agreeing that. Yes. Yeah, Mame fan. Uh, us loud people, you know, we, uh, I don't know what to do. I, I just don't know what to do. I just, I have one of those voices, you know, uh, I'm, it's a curse and a blessing all the same. Well, anyway, um, let's, let's, let's talk about this quest hand tracking 2.1, which, you know, reduces tracking loss and improves stability. Um, I'm so far, like, I don't know if this app is actually supporting it. Um, you know, I, I tried to double check with, with David before we came in here to see what, what sh this should be an automatic upgrade for developers that already have quest 2.0 hand tracking installed. So it should just not require anything. And then you just get the improved hand tracking if you've already got that implemented. But I, I didn't confirm. I, I think I'm feeling it here. I think I'm getting it. Um, look at that. Look at that, Kyle. No, like so, that's that's. It's, I don't think I've seen that sort of, uh, but that's thing not happened before. That's not what breaks hand tracking. Okay, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this, everyone? Here's how you break hand tracking. I don't care what system you have. This always breaks hand tracking. 
and this will be the the, the secret is if 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 your if your sensors can handle this. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? I'm about to break the best hand tracking possible. There you go. See, you you can't have a hand with two thumbs, and so as soon as you put them, it's like it's like a it's like an eclipse occurring. As soon as it sees two thumbs, kaboom! Your hand goes off into the cosmos. I, yeah, well, I don't know how long, I like, I like the, the, the ways you can kill the hand tracking are always humorous, but, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by this, this is pretty nice. I, I was reaching out to um, the Helping Hands volunteer that I had a video with back in late last year when they rolled out 2.0 hand tracking over in VRChat. So uh, I'm hopeful that it should just be the same thing over in VRChat, where if they had the 2.0 hand tracking, it should just upgrade to the higher quality hand tracking. And I have this video uh, with this uh, sign language communicator, uh, a teacher from VR chat community, and she's demonstrating hand tracking and signing. And I, I made the mistake of just not getting the camera just right for that video uh, and using a, like a distracting background because if you, if you don't have a good contrast between the background and foreground, it's not really great to see the hand. So uh, as soon as we can, I'm going to try to get back in there in hand tracking 2.1 in VR chat and record another video showcasing this, this communication scheme. There's a lot of motions from the body outward and uh, from, the, from, the bot, from this area down to even your legs that need to be captured for sign language communication to be really uh, effective. And... It'll be really interesting to see how far. Oh, we lost him again, didn't we? So you keep messing around with the hand tracking, and this is what you get. Oh, you did pop, it again, Did you pop man. out too? I did not. I did oh, not. Okay. Because I wasn't, you know, throwing up gang signs with my hands. Well. Saying so you can't, can't really throw up any good gang signs. Yeah, so I'm sorry, Artful. I, apparently, YouTube has stopped alerting people to our shows, and I think it's because we clicked the includes uh, paid sponsorship button for the sponsor. So I think we'll probably oh. get that back when the sponsorship expires if we go a couple weeks without having a sponsor. But yeah, mm. apparently, uh, apparently, hand tracking also breaks me. I love that. Oops, I did it again. Yep. But I think it's a, a massive, massive improvement, and I think there's only it's only going to get better from here. Uh, David joked with me that I, calling this high quality hand tracking will look like a joke soon enough. And I get that. Um, but it's still kind of amazing to see the improvements week in and week out. Does that? It's funny when I do this, my hand starts to shake for me visually. I don't know if that comes across to the viewers out there, but that's, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, mine shake too, but I think it's just from that eighth cup of coffee that I had. So I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, hand tracking. I, I've always been a, I've always been a big fan of you know the idea of wearing a glove, maybe with different like something on them. Like you know, I'd wear a couple cool little blingy rings on my fingers, or a multicolored glove, or something like that, just to be able to have like perfect hand tracking. And it's just, it's not, it's just not possible. Um, you know, Indie Soul here is saying that we need foot tracking, uh, and the other part of his comment as well. Um, I, I think honestly, I, I really agree with you. I think that that foot tracking, 
Actually, you know what I think we need more than foot tracking or even legs in most social VR experiences? I think we need elbow tracking. I mean, IK inverse kinematics, it just really struggles with elbows. I mean, you would not know that right now, uh, other than my hands moving in and out, that I'm, I'm waving my elbows up and down like I'm a chicken trying to take off. And you just can't, you can't see it. And as a result of that, doing other motions, it, you, you, just, you just struggle. And it makes you look all contorted and weird when you move around. But yes, uh, footsie, footsie VR is, is definitely, uh, you know, down the list, two or three, maybe. Yeah, it's gonna, we'll get into this later in the show, sort of where this, what we're demonstrating right now, how it relates to what Apple seems to be preparing. And I think mm. as the picture has come together about what Apple's preparing, it kind of points out uh, how dramatically we should expect this to get better on the meta side of things in the next year, just from the competitive pressure. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, I think we should, we'll get to that um, as, as soon as we get to it. Yeah, Anakazi says elbows should should be able to be inferred. The problem is I've never, I've never seen it done well. I've just, I mean, the only time I've ever been tracked well is when I had, you know, somebody picked me up by the nape of my neck and dipped me in IMUs. And then that was, you know, that's the only way you're really going to get that type of superior tracking. Uh, and, and there are suits and things like that out there, but, you know, they can you need, I don't know, in my opinion, nine points of tracking for some solid performance. I'm just kind nine? of pulling that randomly. Oh, you just, yeah, one. So what I've heard is it's like, what, one for each feet. I guess if you want the knees with the level of detail that you get out of, you know, the elbows, I, I can mm -hmm. get it. Nine, I guess nine makes sense. It's just, yeah, it gets better and better over time, but... You know, the 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 improvements of these machine machine learning algorithms are pretty profound, it seems, with each generation. And I don't know, that the the waist, the feet, and then if you can get the elbows without, you know, with just the hands, that would be impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wonder what these cameras are really capable of picking up there. You know, they they may just not be tuned for looking for those elbows. And I, I think that it's not high on the priority list. I mean, I, I, I would very easily and gladly wear multiple points of tracking to be able to do this. I mean, it's not that big of a deal, you know, even if you start incorporating it into maybe like a, like a nice cardigan sweater that I can put on that has all the tracking pieces, um, you know, maybe a sweatsuit, you know, maybe they could sell like a VR sweatsuit that you just put on you know, you look like an old man going out for a walk and you're actually having your stuff tracked. And it's, yeah, I think, I think they could do that. Well, I, that brings me back to the Apple thing. I always think about that battery in the pocket, you know, just uh, weighing down those, those sweatpants and the horrible yeah, situation we'll, it causes. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to the Apple thing because I've got, I've, I've got comments, lots and lots of comments on that. Uh, all right. Well, I don't know how much more there is that we can say about the hand tracking other than the fact that it is a, um, you know, constantly progressing technological aspect of our everyday virtual lives. And uh, the metaverse requires better tracking of body parts. 
it is a necessity and they will continue to do so. Fingers first, then toes, who knows, elbows, eyes, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. I don't know. I think I oh my saw gosh, that with Kyle. my kids at one point. Get it, get it. You're back on the show for, uh, what, the, the, for five minutes and you're singing Nursery Rhyme? Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh well, gosh. all right. Well, so, so, all right, let, let's, let's move on because um, <laughs> Microsoft, yes, we moved from Nursery Rhymes to Microsoft. That's a good transition. Um, Microsoft did some crazy uh, news. Like, uh, I mean, I just, it was one thing after another, and it wasn't just Microsoft. There were other companies, too, kind of sweeping in and kind of eliminating all sorts of uh, workers. I mean, a lot of our, uh, well, a lot of, a lot of our audience Ian found themselves without a job this past week, I've noticed. Um, you know, ju not just Microsoft, but other companies as well, just kind of hacking and slashing through some of their employee numbers, th thousands of people. And I mean, I I've, I've been on that line before. I've, I've had to been, I've had to deal with the news of, you know, hey, your, your job's being eliminated, your entire department, you know, here's, here's some brand new boxes that we found. Clean out, clean it out, clean out your desk, and off you go. Um, severance packages or whatever, be damned! It sucks to have to not have a job. And yeah. uh, I really, I, my heart goes out to all of you who lost your jobs in the last week or so from tech companies. I mean, really, seriously, uh, if you need a shoulder to cry on, uh, I'm you know hit me up in the DMs. But I mean, <laughs> I, I that it really sucks. It really sucks, Ian. Um, it is. I don't, it is brutal no, out there. And I got to yeah. talk about some of these comments because they're cracking me up. Uh, they're saying that I can't. You, you can't control the talent, which I, I love that comment about uh, your 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 you going off on your your uh, your various songs, Kyle. And uh, Artful saying we miss having Kyle to keep us young. And then uh, I got to talk about. I got to talk about uh, Funky and where was the other one about Bluey? Uh, Artful mentioning Bluey. I, I think Kyle's kids are too old for Bluey, if I had to guess. Yeah. But no. They are. I, that, that show is huge in my house. Everyone, he, every dad out there yeah. should aspire to be Bandit. I aspire to be Bandit. That show is phenomenal. If you haven't. Yeah. I, I personally do not watch uh, Bluey. My youngest child is would much rather be in rec room than watching that sort of thing uh, so we're luckily we're past that um we we got out of that phase right before paw patrol started to get big with the kids so i missed all that as well yeah i know i feel very no, fortunate no, paw patrol don't compare paw patrol to bluey okay well i'm just saying no, i that's offensive I, well that's one of the most offensive things I've all right okay well you know old dad young dad conversation we can do that as a whole nother podcast but uh, no, I, I, I know what Bluey is. So I have, I have little nieces that watch Bluey and everything's Bluey. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I mean, and these are kids from the Midwest. I, I swear they're all getting Australian accents from, from oh, yeah. Yeah, watching these sure. shows. Yeah. Which I mean, cool, cool beats. Um, yeah. So, uh, talking about Bluey and how, how ridiculous I am in the middle of me talking about, um, Microsoft and so many people laying yeah. off. It's, I'm it's sorry, good, the commenters. Companies you know, are going to do what they're, they're companies are going to talk about what they're going to talk about. Let's get back totally to the subject at hand. All right. Totally get it. So, um, so yeah, um, I, I, I considered doing a eulogy for alt space. And then I realized technically it died in like 
2017 and then Microsoft picked up its carcass and wiped it off and put it on the shelf next to the Xbox and all the other products that they have. Um, it, it, I mean, Altspace, I hadn't logged into Altspace in, I don't know, at least two years. Um, I, 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 I don't know if that's a big deal or not. I don't know how many people are using Altspace. I know that, um, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Kyle Render, uh, who just happens to be named Kyle, uh, the failed to render comedy show did some things in, uh, alt space. And now I think he's moved on to bigger and better horizons. Uh, but yeah, I mean, alt space is dead. Uh, windows mixed reality, uh, is, is, is what dead? Well, no. All right. Well, all right. So, no. All right. Well, hold on a sec. We've got. We're still getting. We're trying to get information on on sort of how this is going down. I've reached out as much as I could to my sources and tried to figure out all this stuff. So there's multiple teams. It sounds like AltSpace and the Mixed Reality Toolkit teams. So that's the team building sort of an open source multi-device framework for to get devs started with their work on on mm-hmm. multiple devices and supporting multiple devices those teams are more or less kaput i mean they're 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 dead the question is whether everyone in mixed reality over there is gone and uh i i reached out to microsoft tried to find out if they could share more they basically referred me to the public comment from the ceo and the CEO's comment says they're going to have changes to their hardware hardware portfolio. Now, we obviously last week we covered the IVAS, like the IVAS, HoloLens-based augmented reality work for the U.S. military. And uh, that's had a bumpy road, right? That's not had a sort of a, a really smooth transition into a really huge revenue stream for for Microsoft. And then, of course, going back a couple months uh, between what, what David and I have been talking about in this show uh, multiple times, but late last year, the HP Reverb G2 went on a dramatic discount. And that's the last mixed reality, VR-based mixed reality headset from, from Microsoft, or, you know, supported by the Microsoft system. So, uh, all indications there, you know, when I reached out and asked about that, the comment from them was that work is ongoing. The a- active development was the word, uh, the words I asked. Uh, and they said that, yeah, there is active development there. I don't think that's necessarily true here. The, the thing that I, the reason I've, I've given all that context there is because we don't know what the restructured Microsoft looks like just yet. Microsoft is still figuring that out, right? They first they have to kind of reset their uh their cost, which is what they've done. They've laid off 5% of their workforce, just massive amount of people, 10,000 people all in one go. Uh just suddenly shown the door at Microsoft and some of them after many, many years working for Microsoft. And that's uh absolutely horrible uh horrible for a lot of those people. Um, you know, people look at it and go, uh, see a lot of positives. Some people look at that and see positives. Those people who were let go will, uh, go and in many cases fund startups, uh, or, or start startups that could, uh, generate the next little bit of, you know, whatever, like new software, new hardware could become 
could be rushed into being because these people were uh, basically freed of their time uh, at meetings. That was one uh, tweet I saw about one of the projects that uh, basically got shut down was this person saying, actually, my my open source, uh, I think it was StereoKit project, uh, that StereoKit project might actually develop faster because that person no longer has to go to meetings. And so they might be filing more uh, frequent updates to GitHub uh, because of that. But it's still, it, it, it's this open question of timing. And I think we'll come back to that again when we get a little bit later in this show, when we get into this next subject talking about Apple. What, how quickly can Microsoft pull together a cohesive strategy here for these next few years? And uh, I'm going to throw up a, an image pretty soon here that kind of uh, pulls together a lot of this conversation. Um, but, you know, Microsoft from the very beginning used this mixed reality naming uh, scheme. They, you know, they called their whole platform mixed reality and they meant for it to extend from the HoloLens see-through optics to the VR-based opaque optics that had like a, a few mixed reality features, like a, like a flashlight camera or, you know, a flashlight you could look through and see your environment with the flashlight. Um, are, are they ready to use those things for anything interesting in, those, in this next phase? Or did they do it at like just the wrong time? Do they not have the structure in place to benefit in some way from this, this market, which really seems to be on the verge of maturing in a, in a really significant way. So I'll give my two cents on this. And um, for those of you who are not aware, uh, I started off my uh, uh, cutting my development teeth and improving my chops by working at different boutiques, uh, which would produce VR experiences for the B2B uh, customer base. And so what ends up happening is a lot of these, uh, the, the use case for some of the technology that we're talking about today, uh, was technology that was used. It never saw like consumers and users never saw these items being used. Uh, the, the, the windows mixed reality, uh, experience. I, you know, I was part of Microsoft's first HoloLens Academy. Uh, the boutique that I was working with at the time was in, you know, uh, invited as one of eight companies to come in and learn how to use the HoloLens. I spent, I mean, I don't know if it's a thousand hours, but it's several hundred hours in, uh, in, in the HoloLens one. And uh, I watched the evolution of this toolkit and everything go by, and I used it to create things for business cases, uh, you know, for business clients that we built stuff. And um, I, I feel like Microsoft really just dug in hard on the B2B and not the B2C. And so consumers didn't get to see the fruits of a lot of the labors that occurred in the development process for uh, the Windows Mixed Reality, the infrastructure, the toolkit, you know, all, all the pieces that come together. Uh, but as a person who had worked in it, it was it was very easy to use. It, uh, you know, there was a a very uh, small amount of investment needed. You could go get yourself a cheap hundred dollar Acer Windows Mixed Reality headset, 
you know, back in the day. And it was easy to develop for it. And you could get 85% of it done before you even touched a HoloLens. Next thing you know, you have something that can be deployed to an AR headset. Um, I, I think that on top of the fact that knowing that the headset itself was not, that, you know, the, the HoloLens was never, well, okay, depending on who you talk to and what stories you believe, uh, it was never intended to be a consumer-based product. Um, I, I've had a few debates about that, but honestly, I don't think that's the case. Um, you know, maybe Holland's two or three or four was going to be, but you know, maybe development didn't go as far as it could have. But with the, uh, with the MRTK, with the toolkit that they had, you could essentially take something that was built for the Holland's and use it inside of a Windows MR headset. And it worked except for the fact that you didn't end the pass through. And this is a great transition into what we're going to talk about next with Apple as well is, um, you know, it's, it's like, uh, what was it, uh, in the graduate, I've got one word for you, son, pass through. And honestly, if the G2 or if, you know, the Odyssey plus or any of the other really good windows MR headsets had had good quality pass through. Microsoft was right on the edge of being very revolutionary if they had just gone for the AR, if they had gone full blast into the AR experience. I don't know if I'm coming across correctly or not, but Microsoft could have very easily had a solid pass-through VR, AR, MR headset tethered to a computer. Granted, I understand that, but it would have been something that would have kept all of this afloat. And... Now we're all about pass-through. We're all about hand tracking. We're all about not having controllers. We're all about, you know, having a, 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 an augmented life, an augmented experience. And Microsoft just gave up. They were, they, were, they were 50 feet from the finish line, and they just stopped running and turned around and put the towel over their shoulder like, we're out of here. I, I just, I'm baffled at that because of how close they were to having a decent, mixed reality headset that didn't cost you $3,500. You could have done it with something for $400. I well, mean, I just... Uh, am, uh. All right, so that's... Uh, there, there's, so I love Shola Loves Games comment here. I do... I think we do have a clear idea of where Microsoft is going. Partnerships. Microsoft has been very clear for the past few years about waiting and seeing with regards to the VR space. I think we'll see more partnerships, more working on other platforms, less first party. Now, that is bot-on analysis of, of what Microsoft has done. But I think what I'll argue there is it was a failure in VR, right? The, the wait-and-see approach of partnerships didn't succeed in VR. They, they basically said, here's, here's the Windows platform, and you as hardware partners can use it in any range of ways. And I, I remember going and meeting with the Microsoft people early on, and they basically had no, uh, you know, they, they left it free range on things like resolution, uh, frame rate, uh, input even, and sixed off versus three off. Like they left those all as options for their partners to pick from in sort of coming to the mixed reality platform. And what you had was, uh, a whole range of capable hardware that offered you a not great experience depending on what kind of software you were using with that hardware. And 
you know, we're, yes, they did this kind of wait and see approach, arguably, by doing that. But that didn't, it didn't work, right? You had to have all of these things at once. You had to have great content and this minimum bar of, uh, of tracking quality and features built into the headset working with that content to have a really phenomenal experience. Now, there's a few exceptions to this, like uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, right? That's an experience where you could arguably get an okay experience, even in 3DOF. If you're just, you know, sitting in a cockpit moving your head like this, you don't necessarily need leaning, even though I, I'm going back on like four years of what I've said about <laughs> Oculus Go here. Uh, no, I, I would say that sixth off would be a minimum there, even for my personal quality preferences. But you don't need the controllers necessarily then. So you could you could leave the controllers out of the box and have a super high resolution simulator experience for something like a, a Reverb G2 and maybe get a lower cost device. But one game, you've got one game that fits that kind of platform, ideally not dozens of games, which is what you've got over on the Quest ecosystem and what you had on the Rift system and over on SteamVR. So there was like, there was too much flexibility in the way partners could use the Windows Mixed Reality platform for VR. They've probably arrived at the same place that Meta has, uh, where you've got to have certain elements here, like sixth off. You've got to maybe have support for tracked controllers as an optional add-on for lots of great experiences, but for some of the most necessary uh, system sellers. Um, you know, I, I'll never forget, right? Rift originally shipped with an Xbox controller, right? That partnership was there for a very, very long time. And of course, you now have a partnership brewing in the business space for Meta's headset. And at, as I recall, at the end of MetaConnect, uh, there was this tease that maybe sometime in the future, Flight Simulator would, uh, would work, right? Maybe there, there is something that could work out here. So I think we're absolutely, uh, we're absolutely in the right place here, that partnerships are very, very likely. And, uh, Given that David is off doing David things, is this a good time to reignite and take my time to talk about the potential of these headsets running on consoles? Um, so I won't, I won't talk about the elephant in the room that David and I talk about. You, you're not really going to invoke using PSVR 2 on a PC, are you? You're, you're not really. No, I didn't like, say it. I didn't, say it. Not, I didn't not, go there. What are, I'm going we, to ask is, what is the harm of a Quest connecting to an Xbox? Um, th there's no harm in doing it. To Microsoft. There, what, 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 does what does Microsoft benefit from uh, a Quest connecting to an Xbox? They don't. Well, you'd need some sort of in-between. I mean, there's it, natively that wouldn't work. You'd have to have some sort of in-between. So, but you're, you're asking, if you're asking why Microsoft would object to something like that, um, they don't care. They don't care because they know that the number of people who are going to do it is so small that it's not. See, that, that's Microsoft's problem with everything, though, isn't it? Is that they, they, they're too focused. It's a bunch of 
old guys in, in, in gray 70s cut suits that are sitting around trying to figure out how best to get their new amazing hardware into the hands of businessmen to build for other businessmen. And they're not thinking about, they don't care. They're not having that conversation and they don't care who, who connects what to their Xbox. That's not a money maker. That's not a big deal. That's not a government contract. Microsoft only cares about the thing that's going to give them the biggest amount of money at one time. There's like, what, 12 people who have considered plugging their headset into an Xbox? Maybe 13? I don't know. And they're probably all in our comments right Flight now. Sim- My, you know, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020, Minecraft. Between those two, you've got an enormous user base of people that would love to do those things in VR I on an disagree Xbox with you. with a quest. I disagree with you. I disagree with you. I think the number of people who play the flight simulator, sure, there's a group. Yes, I, I admit that there's a large group of people who love playing flight sims. But that group of people, that group of people already has this like 18 monitor set up. And there's maybe like five of them that went out oh and tried gosh. to. Oh, I know I'm being controversial here, but I'm serious. I know people who are into flight sims. I have an uncle who's like heavily into uh, flying and he, he's a real pilot. He's got airplanes and all that stuff. And I suggested him the headset. And he's like, eh, I got it all taken care of. I've got this huge monitor set up, little pedals and stuff. Between that and the, and the what? Kids playing Minecraft. I, I mean, I play Minecraft as a, as, a, as a time killer. You know, I don't play it intensely. I used to, but I don't anymore. And I don't, I, I just don't think that there's enough of a, of a group of people to have this conversation about Xbox with headsets. I mean, I think it's the same group of people who are trying to have a conversation about plugging their PSVR 2 into their computer. I think it's going to yeah. happen. I think it'll happen someday, and I think it'll be very wonky, and it'll take all sorts of crazy pieces of equipment to make it all convertible and work, and then at the end of the day, it won't be worth it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I These arguments get really, you know, these these debates get really focused on little things, and, you know, at the end of the day, we all know that that standalone is truly powerful, right? We We know that you know, if you go back years, it became pretty apparent that standalone needed to needed to get there. The question was, what was the path? And what I what I always come back to on all these console arguments is that we're we're still years from packing a whole Xbox or a PlayStation into a, a system that runs all you know entirely on your head. But we're going to move. We should just move on to Apple uh, pretty quickly here because. Sure. Um. One of the features that was in this latest report about the Apple headset is, ooh, your Apple headset is actually going to operate as a monitor for your Mac computers. And all these people getting really excited about that, like, oh, yeah, like, I can't write, I can't write in my head people getting excited for that, but crapping on this idea that I'm discussing, right, of, (laughs) <laughs> of hooking up these devices to consoles, right? Like you can't, you can't have, you can't have both. Like you can't both get upset at like this idea and excited about this other idea. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of potential for cooperation here. Hey, Guy uh, Godin, the creator of Virtual Desktop, just popped into our comments. Thank you for tuning in. And yeah, we're about to get to to the Apple and continue this discussion. Uh, you know, with these latest details because I think there's. Yeah, there's a lot to discuss here. 
I currently, on my head right now, am wearing a headset that gives me the ability to see my iPhone through pass-through. It gives me the ability to see my MacBook uh, laptop screen and interact with it with a keyboard. And this is a meta headset that I have on right now. And I am able to do some of the amazing things that are being advertised that this Apple headset is going to do. Um, and from what we hear, depending on who you believe and what's true, uh, this headset was 50% of the price of what Apple is going to uh, offer for their headset. Now, now, I'm being told that resolution and processing power and everything else, all the, all the little lines that are on the side of the box to tell you all the cool features are all going to be superior to what I have on my head. However, this headset is doing it just fine right now. What will having more power offer me? Because right now, the features that I'm hearing as a person, as a, as a person who is very well embedded into this technology and has tried everything that has been out there so far, or at least most of it, I need to know what Apple is going to offer me for that additional, that 200% that of the cost that I'm not already getting in what I have right now. And so unless they pull a, you can play Half-Life Alex wirelessly while you're driving in the car, um, eh, oh, I'm, I'm skeptical about how big of a deal this headset's going to be. Now, I am playing bad cop here, just so you all know. I will probably buy this headset, but uh, I'm kind of playing bad cop here for the sake of conversation. All right, all right. All right. So uh, a couple comments here that are pretty interesting. Uh, people uh, talking about our mics being crap and how that's unlikely to happen <laughs> on Apple. I love that. Uh, very yeah. fair. Um and I want to talk about Quentin's comment here. So how quickly does Apple pull support for Meta headsets? No more connecting to Mac or Apple keyboards. Now, I love that question because it, I understand the sentiment of it, but it speaks to the, the conflict and the cooperation and the, the level of, uh, you know, you can't, you can't block certain things. Uh, so the way the way the the tracked keyboard works, um, you know, they're using computer vision to find the the design of this keyboard and show it through space, and then they're just connecting. You know, the headset's just connecting to the keyboard as if it's just any Bluetooth keyboard, and it's this combination of things that makes it like. How how exactly would that get blocked? Like, I, I have a hard time imagining how that would be stopped. Now, as far as loading up the whole Mac operating system and feeding it to the system, like, we've got Keith Godin in our comments right here, the creator of Virtual Desktop, who probably has some very fiery thoughts on this, where, like, you know, he's connecting, you know, when you connect to these systems, you know, you're only benefiting users by letting them take their displays and using them in really unexpected ways or really specific ways. So, like, it doesn't necessarily benefit uh, Apple to start blocking some of these things. The, the, 
the question is how far can they all take it? Like how good can it all all get? But let me recap here a little bit of of the latest news here with Apple. So Apple has reportedly shelved their longer-term AR glasses. So this was a project that was supposedly planned, well, for many years, but it keep it kept getting pushed out further and further. And now it's looking like it's been shelved indefinitely. And here's this comment from Palmer Lucky, the creator of the original Rift concept and a co-founder of the original Oculus, talking about this news and saying, this is great news. Recycling real-world photons through optical transparency is a technological dead end for augmented reality. Apple focusing on reprojected photons is a brilliant move. Now, I... Th- this comment is divisive. It's it's bold. It, no, it's no, not. It, it, well, no, I, it's... I, well, all right. So I have a hard time. Uh, I have a hard time reconciling this comment with the continuing billions that are being poured into transparent optic AR. Right, and this is coming right off of me experiencing Tilt Five AR, which is got a completely different way of getting the photons into your eyes than all the other AR systems. But this is coming from a person who has a very specific point of view, right? This is a person who helped push consumer VR into the mainstream mindset, potentially years ahead of when it really would have been ready like this you know with the whole oculus path is there over the last decade we've talked about it uh constantly but you know cell phones uh made super high resolution displays affordable made all the tracking hardware really affordable and then you've got these fixed fixed lenses that let you focus in a relaxing way on vr and it's this great path but i have a heart all that's true like all the economics are there but calling it a dead end for uh, past, you know, for straight, transparent optics is really, really hard for me to accept when the mixed reality on the headset we're wearing now is still so problematic, right? I don't like looking through the mixed reality on Quest Pro for extended periods of time. Palmer is just agreeing with me here. That's all he's doing. He's agreeing with what I have been saying for years now. Pass through. I should have had it put on a t-shirt and worn it to every expo since 2013. Pass through. Because here's the thing. What he's talking about here, this optical transparency, he's talking about waveguide, he's talking about all the things that, like Ant VR, which we'll talk about when we go into our CES stuff. Um, there, There's, you know... The idea of overlaying augmentation onto the real world, a true AR, requires the headset or the device to have a very real world understanding of what's going on, uh, to know like there's a chair, there's a table, there's a cat, and to be able to do things like put a, you know, a cup on the table or put you know, armor on my house cat as he walks around my house, uh, I, I, what's wrong with wanting to have a little miniature battle cat running around 
you know, maybe a little He-Man riding on him as he goes through my house. The, the, the headset needs to understand what that real world looks like. And so it's already going to have to take an image and then augment on top of that. Why try to make something that can't handle opaque, it can't handle true black, it can't handle uh, motion with a good enough FOV? Why go down that path when you have a very easy and obvious reprojected photons? All he's saying is pass through here. Why not go that route until, now he is saying dead end. I'm not sure about dead end, but I wouldn't put my money on it. I'd put my money on the reprojection. So, so Geek Odin's in our comments complaining about your, uh, your mic. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to remind you. To, um, yes. Keep it yeah. down. Sorry. Let's just, let's talk calmly yes. because we're on Quit. Quest Pros. We can't, Quest we can't Pro. upset it. Yes. Um, uh, and then sadly, it's Bradley saying, I'm not even confident in optical AR glasses anymore, but I talk to Carl Gutag too much. So that's the, the sort of optics expert out there that writes a lot about the optics for uh, AR um, and VR as well. I, I get all this that I don't want to, I don't want to focus too much on this. I guess it's a little bit off topic from what Kyle was saying, but uh, every article I read about all of this stuff doesn't, you know, there's no agreement of terms on things like pass through as well as uh, AR and VR and mixed reality, right? That's still this this ongoing uh, word debate that just we we it's mind numbing to talk about after ten years in this space, but it it confuses people when we're talking about products that haven't shipped yet. So when this uh, report came out that the AR glasses project at Apple has been shelved indefinitely, people went, oh, of course, of course they canceled their project again. And this is just so, so darn funny because uh, people were saying it was going to come out this year. And this report and others have had to be clear, no, 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 we're actually talking about optical, uh, you know, direct optical AR glasses, not uh, what's actually happening, which is uh, VR goggles, glasses, whatever you want to call them, that have augmented reality features on them. That's still happening, right? So to be clear, with anyone who might be confused, Apple, as far as we understand it, is still planning to ship VR glasses this year that are likely in the range of three thousand dollars maybe two to three thousand dollars and they are going to the latest report is suggesting that they're going to use a combination of eye tracking and finger pinch as the main interaction mechanism for that device now in order to to help with heat and to help with comfort the latest report is that the battery has been taken out of the headset and is now running in a wire, and you're going to wear this really hefty battery in a pocket somewhere on your person, um, and then that's going to run a wire up to the headset, and that's how you will get VR and AR from Apple this year. Now, I, I hate this so much because we're dealing with layers and layers of marketing and confusing terminology 
come up, you know, coming uh, dreamed up by marketing exec- executives to confuse people about what these things are actually capable of. But the, the the end result here is that Quest Pro, the X the Vive XR Elite, and this upcoming Apple headset are all the same class of device. They're all high-end mixed reality headsets that offer you a range of stuff from fully immersive, you're in another place, to mixed reality, where you've got uh, your physical environment around you with content layered on top of it. And that's what Lucky is talking about in this quote here. The where we are, though, at in this evolution is what is the minimum viable feature set? What do you need to get right about this system for it to be uh, sort of a must-have system? Now, what I've just thrown up here onto our image here is the app that dropped from Apple late last year. It's called Freeform, and it is almost identical to the whiteboard that is inside of Horizon Workrooms. So in Horizon Workrooms, you can now put little sticky notes up onto this whiteboard. You can meet as avatars in space with other people and all look at this whiteboard together over in Horizon Workrooms. And uh, I want to say, I think Microsoft has something similar, very similar to this. I think their mesh system uh, feels like a very similar system to this. This Freeform app integrates with FaceTime, and it works across all Apple devices. So I've been playing with this the last few days. You can throw images up onto one of these whiteboards. You can write on them. Uh, you can put sticky notes, obviously. You can even throw videos up onto this whiteboard and then resize them really quickly. Um Google has something like this and has had something like this for years. I think it's called Jambox. Uh, and it's used, they even sell like a specialized giant screen that you can roll into classrooms as this classroom solution to this thing. And the idea being that a whole bunch of people can simultaneously contribute to this one surface ideas and, and jot them down all at the same time. Um, when I see this, I see this as a, oh, I, I hate to say killer app, but it might be a no. killer app. Oh, no, I, no, no, uh, no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. All right, no. we'll see. Listen how big this comes. This is, this is, this is them trying to tell us that this is a killer app, that this is a mandatory thing. It's not, this is not a killer app. This is All just right. something that should just exist. Like, a, like, like walking into a bathroom and there's no sink, you know? Like, it, you need to have this. This is not a killer app. This isn't going to draw people to you a need piece to have of technology. This? What does you need to have this mean then? Okay, you need to have this is not the same thing as a killer app. A killer app is something that brings people to. People go to use the bathroom because they have to use the toilet, not necessarily the sink. The sink is there is just a, a, an obvious thing that needs to happen next. This is just an obvious thing that needs to exist. This is not the thing that's going to bring people to the technology. The killer app is where somebody drops everything uh-huh. that they're doing and go, I have to have that. And, and then they go to it. And this is not that. All right. Well, that's the weirdest. That's the weirdest. Uh, 
conjecture of terms <laughs> like, okay, all right, fine, uh, take your... Well, well I mean, the fact that this it. is... Or I'll well, call it the, the fact that this is cooperative, right? You and I could be in completely different parts of the world. And one of the things that has been reported out here is that uh, Apple is working on something extremely similar to the codec avatars that we've seen out of Meta Research. And because of the incredible processing required to make those things run, those will only be supported, supposedly, in one-to-one interactions. The killer app is going to be co-watching and co-present. That is the reason VR exists. That's the superpower. That's the thing that these marketing executives have used. Defy distance is the way they've referred to it over at Meta. I've heard from Valve, uh, people over time talking about the collapsing of distance. Collapsing distance, bringing people together who are far away, is the killer app. The question is, what features do you need to have in order for that to be a reason to put on the headset? Like, yes, you could. you've had that for decades already via the internet you could argue all of this stuff going back a long time is all about collapsing distance right being able to like play a a massively multiplayer online game uh, two decades ago was co-present what i'm talking about is watching a synced up movie listening to a synced up song playing karaoke in vr and yes drawing on a whiteboard together and throwing up images and hashing out ideas. Now you can take, you know, take, uh, you know, call it, call it a problem that I'm calling it a killer app, but the co-present, the ability to do this stuff, even though you're far away, is going to be incredible. And having one of these boards up in my living room or having one of these boards right above my desk and someone someone can come and put a new sticky note up there for me at any time is going to be awesome. The idea that this could have widgets one day or that I could have six of these all organized around my house in different ways. It's really getting to something I've been talking about for a very long time on this show where like I'm sick of having windows that I have to fit all of my content into. This is a board that I can fit any size I want onto my existing walls and then throw all the content into it. And I can take the boards from one room. I can have multiple copies of these boards. This, that the, that the writing is almost literally on the wall that all of these companies are working towards similar solutions here. Now, I, all I'm arguing here is that uh, Horizon Workrooms, right, they, they gave you a virtual office, or like virtual meeting rooms. Like, let's give you a collection of three or four various office uh, scenarios to come and have a meeting it. And let's give you this whiteboard over there. And the only thing you can do with this whiteboard is like sketch on it a little bit. That's not hugely useful. Like, not all my ideas are going to be just sketch outable. Some of them are going to have to be typed out. Some of them are going to be photos. Some of them might even be videos. Uh, it, it, you know, it's more extensive than that. I just love this idea that Apple is disconnecting. Uh, you know, this to me is both a toy and a work tool. And that's what the iPhone was. 
That's what a computer is. That's fundamentally like, it's not just for work, but, but Meta did this approach of like, let, let's take the concepts of work and go kind of literal with it. And I think that was the wrong approach, but, uh, you know, come back and tell me I'm wrong if this, if this doesn't work in the Apple headset. So, so a few things here, because you, you've, you've kind of touched on a couple pieces. Um, first of all, I want to ask you a question, Ian. Uh, you've got quite a number of people that you know that are in VR that spend a lot of time in their headset, as do you, as do I, as, you know, the other members of our team and all of the folks that are in here uh, watching and listening to this show right now. Um, I'm just kind of curious, uh, when was the last time that you co-watched something with any number of people? Uh, last six months, yeah. I did, I did you, do you it. did it once in six yeah. months? Because uh, that sounds like no, a real No, I mean, I also rat. did a big screen a few more recently. It's not great. Yeah. It's the experience isn't necessarily great. And right. also, getting, device, getting everyone on the same platform capable of this is an extraordinary difficulty. Uh, over on Apple, like, if you subscribe to Paramount Plus the wrong way, it didn't, it didn't enable this functionality, right? Like you, you, there's multiple ways to subscribe to the streaming service on Apple devices. And I subscribed to it uh, the wrong way. And it wasn't enabled for their share play, uh, their share play ability, right? Um, that's right, because that's a feature as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wasn't able used. to do it right. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I struggle. Like, it's, I struggle. It's, a, it's a pain in the butt, right? Like you're, of course. I, I, I struggle with the idea that in the, the shared experience, you know, my wife and I going to a restaurant and sitting down and eating oysters for the first time or eating, you know, uh, uh, foie gras for the first time, that's a shared experience and something that's very memorable and very exciting. And for foodies like me and her, we love that. But you can't simulate that yet. And so these companies are shoving, jamming down our throat that the killer experience, a shared experience, that social. And I've always been a big proponent of social, but I don't think social is a shared experience. I don't, I, don't, I don't think social is the killer I don't killer think social app. is a shared experience? Okay. No, 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 um, no, no. <laughs> I don't think social is the killer app. I, I, I I think that I don't the, think social is a killer app. All right, we'll put we'll put that one in Kyle's uh, quotes file. I, I I think it's just a mandatory thing that it has to exist. It shouldn't be considered a killer app. It should <laughs> just be killer. It's like a power cord. Uh, you I have think to have you a power cord the term killer app. Device. I think that's that's well, what you're taking. And, and you know what? There. Actually, yeah, you know what? All Maybe right, I do. Yeah. But the other thing I want to talk about there, and I saw Bradley made a comment about this as well about the about the Kodak avatars. And sorry. Uh, Bradley, uh, that you and I didn't connect. Uh, I was really looking forward to meeting you at CES, but um, I'm waiting for Apple to come out and, they, <laughs> okay, now this is my prediction. Apple comes out and says, you don't need anything below the waist in your avatars because really when you sit down at somebody, like where you and I are sitting right now, our feet don't need to move our heads, our hip, our hips, our legs, our feet, they don't need to be there. And so Apple will come out and say, that the Kodak avatars don't need legs or feet and everybody will be okay with it all of a sudden. That's my prediction. Write it down. I said it today. All but right. It, well, Apple will say we don't need legs and suddenly it'll be okay. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to go back and say, uh, you know, all right, fine. I won't use the worm killer feature. The, 
the biggest market for VR and AR technology over the long term is going to bring people who are physically distant together so they feel like they're in the same place and participating in the exact same activity. Walkabout Mini Golf, uh, big screen. I'm seeing uh, Shola saying big screen weekly shows with friends in, uh, in big screen. Uh, it is the fundamental core reason to use these devices is to get and do activities with people who aren't there with you. This, you know, you could look at this and say, yeah, that's not my cup of tea. I, I don't know. This looks like a blank slate that looks pretty compelling to me. And I'm seeing four or five different companies out there that are all doing similar ideas here. Um, Ian, before we go, I noticed that the karaoke one, right? In yeah. built into Apple's system, uh, they, they have this feature now on Apple Music where you can turn down the voice uh, track of certain percentage of the, the Apple Music tracks. That's, that is one step on, on, on the road to remotely sync together karaoke, right? Like, uh, you're, you're saying it needs to be a feature everywhere. I'm agreeing with you there. Uh, but it, it's, it's, I, I don't know. It's like, uh, it's absolutely so fundamental to everything in the future of these technologies. The internet brings people who are far away together at times and places where they aren't actually able to do that. And VR and AR headsets, these next generation of devices, are, are doing it in better ways than we've ever encountered before. What I keep coming back to, what I'm trying to get across, is the, what's the minimum feature set that's going to sell millions of devices. And, you know, you're taking issue with the terminology here, but uh, this is one piece of it. All the other things we're talking about here, watching movies, listening to music, singing songs, producing music, they're all pieces of this, this future where, like, you're not constrained to the people who are physically close to you, right? You can go and find the 20 other fans who love your specific genre of movies that you love and you can have weekly showings with them and all sit like you know you're together but do you get to look over and see their real expressions on their face or do you get this ai avatar uh faked one and how you know how fundamental to the to the overall experience is it to see their actual facial expressions. How much nuance and, and like serendipity is enabled by being able to, you know, flip those things off and on at any time and then actually able to kind of like have those amazing moments where people like do something unexpected and it's pretty funny. Ian, do we need to uh, mention our sponsor once more? Yes, yes, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about that real quick here before we get back to the show. Veil VR just released its early access on Steam. It's a VR first-person shooter built with immersive physics, full-body animations, and skins. Climb, vault, ride zip lines, and defy gravity on jump pads to achieve victory in its 5x5 competitive shooter. Veil VR was built from the ground up with community's input. Very cool. Every step of the way, from standardizing player height to preventing play-space cheats, this game has made huge improvements to the standard VR first-person shooter experience. It's available now on Steam. 
and they've got esports tournaments starting very soon. Get ready. Find out more. Check out their Steam page. Uh, there's a link to it in the description of this video below. Uh, yeah, so, um, Ian, I, I, I don't... I don't know what to do, Ian. I'm just going to have to start, like, not talking at this point because everything that I say is... Like, I, I, it really is kind of frustrating. It's very frustrating because I am an emotive person and I love to shout even if the microphone is right here in front of me and I don't know whether it's settings or just crappy hardware, but whatever it is, I should be... And no, by the way, somebody asked this question. Um, you cannot use an external microphone uh, with uh, the Rift uh, or any of the meta headsets, really. I don't think you can. Could you? Unless they've added, unless they've added it quite Plus recently, Pro. we've tried yeah. it over the years and it's not been there. Yeah. Quentin's saying, "Oh God, I feel like Kyle just assaulted my soul through I'm, my I'm, ears." I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I, know. I had that same feeling, and I think that maybe that's why I'm a little uh, agitated. You know, he's like yelling at me about you know killer apps, and also also this is my point, Kyle. Right? Like, uh, what is the minimum microphone quality? to make us want to spend two hours doing something, you know, together, right? Clearly this microphone, like something is wrong in this microphone setup that makes this uh, bad. Every week we get comments from people who are like, oh, it's, oh, th there was one cracked me up said, it's really funny to see two Legos talking about technology this way. And I love that <laughs> comment. <laughs> talking about our ridiculous avatars. Like we're very aware of just how limited all of this is, but if you like, if you listen to the words we're saying, you listen to the way we're analyzing this technology, a lot of this stuff can become background, as, as David has talked about in the past, to the content, to the, 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 like the larger thing we're doing. And you need a microphone that meets a, a minimum viable quality bar. You know, you don't want to be hearing the people at the you know, next door. You don't want to be hearing the living room TV. Like, but this is, I guess, what I'm, I'm trying to get at, right? Like, if you go back and listen to Xbox 360 online gaming, right? People playing Xbox Live, and you see the recorded videos that someone captured, two, you know, 15 years ago on that system. It's almost unwatchably bad how bad the microphones were back then, how bad the recording quality was but people still did it. It was still a viable market. And now it's that much larger of a market. And the only thing that has changed is the quality of all of the underlying systems, right? And this is where we are. We're on the cusp of this getting to a place where, you know, you're going to have millions of people drawn in in different ways into having these interactions. Like it, it, I'm I'm a broken record on walkabout mini golf. Fill in your bingo cards on this subject, but when you can have walkabout mini golf on an iPhone, and you can have, you can get your four friends into the same session of walkabout. Two of you are in VR headsets, and two of you are on. You know, one of you is on an iPhone, and one of you is on an Android phone. Like it's going to be compelling, right? It's going to keep people coming into those devices. Is it as good an experience on a phone? Probably not. But the ability to bring those people together and do those things is going to like catch on more and more and more with each passing generation. Really sad because this 
has been a solid, good conversation that has been marred by my $1,500 microphone, head-mounted microphone. Uh, that's, that needs to stop. That, that we're going to need to figure that out because it's just, it's really rough. Um, all right. Well, we always go long, uh, whenever we, whenever you and I do an episode, Ian, but, um, I don't want to not do CES, the CES. Uh, I definitely want to go through it cause I think there's some really cool stuff. Um, that, I want to mention Bradley's comment real quick. If you want to have the best social VR headset, which is what Meta wants, you should be targeting the Valve Index microphone territory. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And yeah, let's talk about CS. Uh, I think first up, Holoride, right? I, uh, I have an image of you in Holoride, which uh, is the most Kyle image I've ever seen. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, so my, my wife came along as a videographer. Uh, and photo and videographer. And so all the things that you see here that I'm in, I did not take those photos. And so we were in the back of a, uh, 1967 Cadillac DeVille convertible that, uh, had the Holoride retrofit experience. So basically what it's doing is it's sending, uh, three DOFs, uh, information from an IMU, uh, on, on the head, on the, on the front of the car, uh, just a little, little suction cup on the windshield. And it relays that data back to the HCC, uh, Vive flow that I'm wearing here, uh, which is connected to the phone, uh, that, um, very, very nice, uh, employee of Holoride experience, uh, walked me through all this and I was playing pixel ripped, <laughs> uh, while I was driving around and, uh, Holoride, is just a fantastic experience. Um, yes, reminds me of the dude. Yes, um, I love honestly, that. Honestly, yeah, yeah it, it felt very fear and loathing in Las Vegas to me. Um, you know, Hunter S. Thompson kind of thing, and so that's kind of what I was shooting for. You were right um, outside of Barstow when the drugs started to take hold. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, but yeah, this is great. I mean, I love the reflection in my. I don't even know what that says in my reflection. I thought maybe this would become like a, like a meme and people would put different reflections in, in the, in the, I don't know, have fun with all of this. I'm sure there's plenty of things you do, but yes, it was very, the dude as well. Somebody pointed out. Um, but yeah, I love this shot. I think it, it exemplifies my experience at CES this year. Um, you know, lots of fun potential, lots of fun, exciting things, and a little bit more pizzazz in terms of look and feel of things. It's not so clunky. Like yep. CES 2023 made me feel like the future won't be as clunky as it once looked to me. Yeah. So going back a couple of years, we had that Panasonic VR glasses demo that was shown off at CES right before, you know, sometime before COVID hit. And it was the first one like I, that I really felt like, yeah, these, these look cool, right? They, these big shiny fronts. And it was, it was kind of wild to see uh, multiple designs from multiple companies on display at CES that were like consumer-ready or at least business-ready devices, you know, full platforms, not just conceptual designs. 
And uh, this was the Vive Flow, right? So this is not their new uh, XR Elite system. No. Um, and what I thought was so interesting is, uh, so Kyle went through in this open-air design. I went through inside of one of the Audi, I think it was an Audi car, um, mm-hmm. but it was contained, right? I had a roof over my head, uh, and I did a, a very similar demo. They showed me two games. They showed me a game from Shell Games, uh, and I think it was Cloud Breakers. I think that's what it was called. And then I show, then I saw AR Vores uh, Pixel Ripped 1995. They had a basically a customized game. I think it's on the road. So they had built a game just for Holoride. And these two games. I apologize, by the way. I've been sick the last few days, so I'm I've got a, a stuffy nose. Um, so you have to forgive uh, my nasally voice, but. Uh, those two experiences were phenomenal. And what, what gets me about it is I, I am this broken record talking about how crummy 3DOF is, how uncomfortable 3DOF is going back to Oculus Go and earlier. And this headset and the way they had built it was technically giving you, like it was 3DOF tracking, right? Um, but they were getting enough sensor data, enough movement and GPS data piped from their system. So in my car, it was coming from the car. It was being fed from the car. And I believe in Kyle's car, it was being fed from this retrofit kit that Mm -hmm. Hollow Ride is selling now for a couple hundred bucks or several, you know, quite a bit if you're buying the whole kit with the VR headset. Uh, But you can bring your own headset and system, I think, to their subscription service. And then it's only a, a couple hundred dollars. But it's getting enough data from that stream, and they've got this SDK to compile all that data and feed it to the headset, that you're moving through the world in what feels like six stuff. So your whole car is moving through the world in a manner that's like being replicated for what you're feeling close enough that even if you can't lean around and see your movements matched, your body and all the feeling that you're getting out of bumping along in the car on the drive is matched up to the visuals enough that it feels perfectly comfortable. This entire experience from front to end, I didn't feel the need to take the glasses off. It was about 20 minutes. And uh, Hollerad was telling me that they think that's about the average commuter trip is about 20 minutes, uh, at least in the United States. So what they've proven out here is how to make a comfortable car ride on hardware that doesn't necessarily need to be sixed off capable which they they can change that down the road they can maybe support that but it was it was a really really fascinating cool experience and i want to talk what games did you try kyle so i only did the pixel ripped uh because i was it i didn't go too deep into it because i was having too good of a conversation about um, the, the, the science of this. And so, um, for those of you who are familiar with the concept of proprioception, I'm going to put on my Bill Nye, the science guy hat here. Um, proprioception is your body's, uh, perception of the movement in relation to what you're actually doing. And so you have little hairs in your ears. And if you, like if you ever get motion sickness because you're on like a boat, it's because you're moving 
and the little hairs are moving, but because you're on a boat, you don't feel the movement. You think that you're static. And so that, that, that disconnection between what's really happening and what your body, what your body sees and what your body feels is two different things that causes sickness. Now, VR sickness is the opposite. You're not moving, but your eyes think you are because you can see movement. And so what Holoride does is basically give you data that allows your brain to see the movement that also matches the movement of the actual vehicle itself. And then you still have your yaw pitch and roll, your, your head, your neck movement while you're sitting in the car. And so the experience that I had was me as a kid sitting in a back seat playing a video game, which I had done a thousand times as a child, and then the streets moving. And, you know, my driver, who was totally awesome, I, I think it was his, his car, which it was a great car to do this in. He's like, we're about to make a big turn. And as we did, the experience turned with it. And I was just like, it was perfect. And I did let my wife try it. And she usually gets really bad motion sickness from doing VR. 15, 20 minutes into it, she's ready to call it quit. She did it with very little issue and even said herself afterwards, wow, that was better. And so this is solving a problem of using a VR headset while in a moving vehicle. That's the exact question that this product is answering is how do I make this comfortable? This is the solution. And I think it's, I think it's right there. I think it's right where it needs to be, honestly. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that assessment. Guy Godin saying the moving street cars landscape around you is probably a hard problem to solve for six off. And that is, that is exactly right. Uh, if you have used a modern headset in any kind of a, a vehicle, that can become uncomfortable real quick. Uh, as soon as your car turns, you the mismatch gets gets really ugly really fast. Uh, the Pixel Rip 1995, I talked about this in my article. You've got a gamepad in your hand, and uh, I was sitting in a similar seat to her. So I was sitting like, like you were in the back right-hand seat. In the pixel-ripped 1995 on-the-road game that they had built, you're moved into like the center seat. And so uh, seated in front of you is your dad in the driver's seat, mom up in the passenger seat, and they're having a conversation up there. Uh, dad's driving around, doing his thing, driving around uh, the, the streets of this like winter wintry environment and uh you're playing this handheld game so you see your your hands or your hands are holding this game pad this this game system that might as well have been like a game boy color or something and you're holding a game pad it's close enough that it feels incredibly good right it feels really really mm -hmm. great yeah um and then you could press a button on the game pad to sort of put down the virtual controller and pick up like this little sh uh, shooter gun and point the shooter gun out the window and, and fire little things at the, at the environment. Uh, one of the things that they explained to me, and they're exploring the whole idea of six stuff, but the effect that this has is they were, they were saying that if they tried to do hand tracking or they tried to do controller tracking or even six stuff, the person is very likely to just smash the window just like you smash your TV or those all those videos of people smashing their TVs. So this just felt like a really, really great combination of, of everything, right? Like I just loved uh, 
I love the solution that they've arrived at here for this problem, you know, echoing exactly what you said. We, uh, when we sat down to do the interview with these guys at CES, it was funny because uh, I had made a comment and you had attributed it to one of the developers in uh, the article. And I was like, no, 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 no. I said that. I called this road scale. And so, you know, we've got room scale uh, and this is road scale. And I thought that was a pretty funny and clever term, which didn't make it into the article. Totally understand. I said it. They did. did. I used it. Oh, did you use it? One of my favorite comments, I love this. Uh, One of our favorite comments that we've ever had on our website was uh, from this generation of people fighting uh, over Rift versus Vive, the original generation. And the the person was like a Vive fan, and they called the Rift rug scale. Oh. And it was such a good burn. I like that. I like that. I like how something in front of the word scale is suddenly like thing. It's going to happen. Well, it, it's really cool to think about what devs could do with this. Uh, I would like to see them, if they can support multiplayer, I'd be curious if they can build that as a, yeah. a really good part of their SDK. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm, they, they have a system, I think, built into their SDK where you can do like a simulated route. But I, I had this like, it was funny to me to imagine like a dev out there like, honey, can you go drive me around? Because I got to play test my game. And they go do a 20 minute uh, drive around the 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 city to to test it out um but like uh i i want to see multiplayer supported in this i'm really curious to see what what can happen there and then if you can feed this your like i think they said that this is built into their platform but if you have a smart like a smart game or you build a lot of games around this idea if you know what the route length is supposed to be and you know the traffic is is to get there like if you can estimate that you're going to be in there for 30 minutes, you could theoretically time like boss battles or levels to 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 be lined up with your route so that the game ends or your playthrough ends right as you're getting there. Or maybe even environmental factors could like be yeah. complemented by, by what you're seeing. at the red lights, um, you know, the uh, duck hunt at the crosswalks. I mean, there's all sorts of things that they could do. Um, of course, the killer app with this would be multiplayer in the backseat sharing a whiteboard, right, Ian? <laughs> ben, all right, so Ben's comment here. As this use case is being described, I can't imagine anyone ever doing it. I think that's fair too. I think that's something to think about. What is the market for this? Uh, I I think I'll just it's it's remarkable to me because as people who have watched this year in and year out, I've seen people try this, try to do this, you know, again and again, and it's always not. It's always been terrible. Like I've seen people uh, try to do the pass through in the driver's seat of the car to just. Uh, show that it's possible and it's like oh my gosh how dangerous could you possibly be don't do that yeah um so yeah i i just think it it was cool to see they'd solve this problem now the question is how big of a market could they actually achieve with it this this um this is one of those things where um i i live way out no man's land about 45 minutes to an hour away from any real civilization intentionally and, uh, you know, my kids are on their phone the whole time we're in the car. And so to me, it makes perfectly good sense to have something like this be available, uh, for, especially for kids who, uh, are into VR, they would love this. 
So there is a target audience. Yes. You know. All right. Um, okay. Well, that was that was Holler Ride. That was good, Ian. I think we uh, covered it. I'll I'll be keeping my eye on this tech. Yep. Definitely. I'm. I'd very much like to see it next year. I hope that there's a. Yeah, I hope I'd be curious to yeah. see what another year of development can it, do. And to all the folks that are making comments about like, oh, you know, it's terrible uh, that you, you know, if you were on the car wreck or anything. I mean, if you were asleep, if you're reading a book, if you were on your phone watching YouTube videos, it's exactly the same thing. I mean, there's, uh, there's not more liability unless the driver is being silly and trying to do this, which I can't imagine anybody wanting. To do. I think our, <laughs> our our microphones are currently turning people off of buying Quest Pros, so that's a that's fair. Uh, and yeah, uh, we're gonna we need to get you the. You said you did have wind blockers on there. I have. I have a. I it's it's not a wind blocker. It's it's an adhesive. Oh, the tape mute, thing. muting thing. Yeah, and it's apparently not working. So, um, that's the, the problem is you just. When you talk like that, you can't keep it up. So you lure people into a sense of like a false sense of security. And they'll turn their volume up and then I'll. Yeah. And then you attack them. You attack them right, right. in the right in the ears. All right. Yeah. I definitely want to talk about haptics because that was pretty cool. I've got a couple of videos here for us to, to show here of Kyle and I trying uh, haptics. But let's first talk about, can we talk about Context CI first? Because. Absolutely. Uh, I don't remember actually getting your, your uh, impressions of the Context CI system. So, so here's what's fun about uh, just hand haptics, tracking, tension, all the things that you want. That's actually, that's haptics. Yeah, but with Context CI, so they're a... Um, they're a younger company uh, in this field. Uh, they're 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 based in Cincinnati, which my hometown. So awesome for them. Uh, how fortunate for them that I'm so close. Um, but they are they are um, right behind in terms of technology where some of these other companies are. In my opinion, uh, they're they're hitting thresholds and and bars that I've seen other companies in the field also hit and. A lot of the same challenges occur, and you tackle them, and you move past them, and it evolves. And so what we have here is a company that's biting at the heels of all of these other companies that have been around for a couple more. You know, they have a, a few years head start. Uh, but I think Contact CI has a real chance to be a contender in the space. Now, keep in mind, these are not consumer-facing products just yet. Uh, the, the, the company that gets it small, compact, uh, you know, easy to put on and take off. That's the company that's going to be the one that goes, Hey, I think I might be able to sell a consumer version of this headset. It's just not there yet or not headset, but uh, you know, gloves, sorry, not headset. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think, well, Bradley, I'm going to disagree with you. Sadly, it's Bradley here says that consumer VR gloves are an oxymoron in his opinion. If you had asked me years ago, probably would have agreed. But I have felt and seen things that have shown me that there's a real possibility for haptics, gloves that do things 
that make you feel like you have something in your hand. I've felt things and I've experienced things that really make me believe that it's possible someday uh, that, that we'll get there eventually. Uh, there's, I think there's a video, you know, I don't know if you have it, of me actually using this. You, you don't have that one? Okay. I didn't get that. I didn't get that video uploaded. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but I, I, These I feel are the like older once, ones that he, that David right, tried uh, right. previously. So I feel once we get to a point where you can put it on and it goes and it like sucks on. Uh, I did to Kyle's internet. Am I still here? Let's see. Yeah, I think I'm still here. So, uh, Kyle must have done the, the magic hand signal to warp out of reality. Oh my gosh. Uh, is my, is my audio good? Am I not popping? Am I not blowing out people's eardrums? I don't know what, what's magical about my, uh, my system. I'm using a Quest Pro too, that I, it doesn't really, uh, doesn't really happen as often with my system. So I think Kyle was leading up to this uh, because it was the coolest thing in this demo for me. Uh, these gloves seemed to wiggle onto my hand to get the fitting right, right at the start. And it, it reminded me of Back to the Future Part 2, where Marty tries those futuristic uh, sneakers and they automatically like fit to him. And I think he, even his other clothes automatically fit to him. It felt like the glove was sort of wiggling on to my hand, and it, it was a really, really neat feeling right at the start of this. Uh, the, that, that's the most memorable part of my thing, uh, my demo with Contact CI this time around. You know, this, this technology, all the haptic technologies, are kind of like on the 10 to 15 year like maturity route. Like, this is going to get better over a very, very long period of time. Uh, we are a month away from having the adaptive triggers on the PlayStation VR 2 that kind of push back your fingers a little bit, just like the dual, uh, the, the newest PS5 controllers, the DualSense ones, just like those do. Those will be in there. There's also head haptics in the PSVR 2 headset. There's pretty good haptics, really nice haptics. I was noticing... Uh, pretty recently, the menu system. If you're using the Pro Touch controllers on a Quest system and you um, go through the menu and you scroll over like the boxes they have in the menu, they're actually able to like make the controller vibrate on like the left side or the right side, depending on which side of the box you're rolling out of onto the next box. And that was a really, really cool effect. But that's that's where we are with haptics is that that's the limit of how good they can do it. This is the stuff that we imagine is going to get way slimmer over the period of, of, let's say, something like 10 years. But Kyle, I, I stole your thunder a little bit, I think, talking about the back to the future self-fitting gloves yeah. while you were whatever yeah. happened to you. I, uh, well, I'm, 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 I'm in the Midwest and uh, I'm in Ohio, and there are some snowstorms coming through. And being out in the very ruralist of rural areas, our power flickers on occasion. And uh, it was just enough to flip the switch on the interwebs for me. So I was, I was without the internet for like 10 seconds. It was scary. Daniel, Daniel, I don't know if I can read out your comment, because there's a, there's a double, 
there's a double meaning in there that was pretty there impressive. There is definitely uh, some. Uh, yeah, I, just, I have to give notes that I'm, you know, I'm noticing yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'll notice that quote, Daniel. That's uh, impressive. Actually, that'd be a good name for the product. Oh. In in Uendo, yeah. Um, can we can we take a look at the uh, haptics we were, then? Yeah, let's go to haptics because haptics was yeah as cool as that was of it wiggling onto my hand and like that that feeling. Uh, the haptics demo was something I hadn't really hadn't really experienced quite quite that degree of of quality of even multiplayer. Uh, this is. This video is like five minutes long, so I'm going to let that play in the background. Then I've got a shorter version that shows kind of the coolest, one of the coolest moments in here. And I'll throw that up in a minute. But Kyle, you want to talk? You've been following these people for a really long time. Uh, I have. Yeah. Yeah. So um, basically, Haptex is uh, tackling this from a little bit different perspective than some of the other companies are. They're actually... um, They've got little bubbles that expand and contract on your hand. And the more bubbles, the higher the resolution, I guess is the right word to use. Um, it, they, they've, they've taken this the, from... The number of bubbles would be related to the resolution. It, but right, they can right. adjust the, the height, I think, would be the equivalent of changing colors. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's been... You know, I'm, when, I'm, when I was talking about Contact CI, I said that, you know, they're, they're slightly behind from these other companies like, like Haptex. Uh, these guys have been doing this for a long time now, it seems like, and I've been watching them from the very beginning. I can remember one of the representatives who's a good friend of mine. He comes up and he says, uh, he says, come here. I've never heard of this company. I've never heard of the product. He's like, come here, come here. He takes me, and we're at a, um, like a little expo that was happening at Seattle. Uh, actually, it was in Redmond, I think. And uh, he's like, come with me. And we go down a hallway and upstairs and into a room. And he's like, here, there's this like weird box sitting on a table. He's like, put your hand in that box. And I'm like, no, you put your hand in that box. He's like, no, 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 do it, do it. So I put my hand in the box. And he's like, basically a spider crawled across my hand. And I was just like, what just happened? Like, you know, and so he basically said, this is the beginnings of the technology that we're going to put into a glove for haptics. And he showed me all this other stuff. And yeah, I'm really glad I put my hand in that box because ever since then I've been uh, invited to try different versions of their technology. It's been really fun to watch, uh, you know, talking to the, um, there's some really smart people working on this project. Uh, it's a really great company and they've iterated and they've got big ambitions. I've seen some of the information that they, you know, uh, things that they want to do in the future. And it's very, very big and bold, ambitious stuff. It's, it's very, it's very next level, uh, sci-fi type of stuff in my opinion. And that's where I kind of get excited about the idea of haptics, not necessarily as a consumer product, not yet, but it definitely, companies like this need to exist and do their thing to get us to the point. Like some people have to walk so others can run. And I think that that's where we're at with, you know, haptics, context CI, they're all kind of shooting for that same objective. You know, they, they, they want to be able to they want to be able to have us feel things that aren't real. And yeah. yeah. 
so Daniel, uh, you're you're on a roll there on the comments there, and I will. Uh, yeah, I love James uh, and your mom mentioning. I hold at your neck the gom jabbar. Yeah, d- dune and the, the bach yeah. that you put your hand yeah. in that gives you pain. Absolutely. That's what I always thought when you were describing yeah. that. Um, yes. To be clear, so what we're what we had here is was a networked physics based experience where Kyle's over here stacking blocks. I'm over here stacking blocks. And we're, we're networked. We're, this is in real time. I could look over to my right and see Kyle's uh, headset sort of doing the, you know, just see his movements, his head movements matched. And then I could, uh, yeah, this is where we start interacting with each other. And this is the video I'll show, I'll throw up in a minute when this cycles back to the start. Um, this is still in the category of costing many thousands of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And, However, their newest generation, the one that they're rolling out this year, puts this compressor box, the video's done now, puts this compressor box into a backpack. So now this whole unit can pair with like a standalone device. And then you've got this backpack now that's no longer doing the processing, which is what we had last generation. Now it's actually providing you kind of... uh, air right it's providing you the bubbles that it's feeding those bubbles exactly what they need to be fed uh to to provide uh, a great experience so this is the section uh near the end of kyle and my demo that really really did blow my mind a little bit where he's holding a virtual block in his hand and dropping it into my hand so I feel as you know, a second after he drops it, I feel a little, a little vibration in the in the palm of my hand. I do the same thing, and actually, I'm I'm trying to like juggle or toss these things, and I I toss Kyle a a block into his hand, and he feels it uh, collide with his hand. One of the things we did here was Jenga, and the effect of like holding a Jenga piece in between my fingers here. So I, I felt like a constant pressure uh, pushing against my, my fingertips as I'm moving this block onto this tower that you're playing, uh, that you're also doing this on. And it, it's just fantastic. It was really, really well done. Uh, but yeah, this moment of Kyle and I interacting is the kind of magic you can only experience at a conference like this, going to these events where these people are trying to demonstrate this for for use cases that consumers aren't going to pay money for. But for certain applications, this might be interesting to explore. I'm I, I have a hard time saying this is this is so good that it would be fantastic for this specific use case, but it's still really interesting work. And we've been blown away by them in the past. Uh, things like, like remote controlling robotic and being able to feel what the robot feels is where this get, gets really, really interesting. We've tried demos like that in the past, but yeah, this moment for Kyle and I, I'm laughing, uh, Kyle's laughing. This is, it was an extraordinary moment to kind of be able to pass these objects back and forth to each other that just felt so physically there, right, right in our hands. Um, yeah, I, 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 the the other thing that I think context-wise we should probably give here, and I, I was sort of trying to get out of them uh, something interesting on this matter, but 
Meta showed off some of its research for haptic technology, and it's very similar, right? Uh, haptic sent out like a strongly worded letter. Uh, they, they, they published a strongly worded statement uh, saying, yeah, Meta just showed off this research and it looks a lot like what we've been doing for years. And uh, we're, not, we're not okay with that, was, was the general uh, gist of the statement. But that's, you know, a strongly worded letter is very different from like suing someone for patent infringement or, right. or, the, or the like of that. But it's interesting to think that both Meta and this startup were on a path, a uh, similar path. There's a question here. Uh, does haptics still demo hot, cold, and other forms of feedback? No, uh, they haven't done that uh, in the last two generations, the whole hot and cold thing. They've demonstrated it, and they could very easily do it if they chose to. But I feel like what they've done is they've, you know, it's feature creep a little bit. They've taken out those features because there's not as much of a demand for it. So do these things very well, and then maybe come back later and add those. But right now, they don't have the hot cold, uh, but they have had it in previous iterations. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Yeah, I mean, all in all, I'm not, you know, I'm not ex- assuming that any of this tech is going to end up in your hands as a, as a as a end user customer, you know, consumer watching it, this show. You're not going to end up with this in your repertoire of hardware any like anytime soon. It's 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 at least 5 years out. Yeah, uh, at least. Yeah, I think yeah. P- potentially much longer than that. But the the We've been to conferences like Seagraph, uh, the computer graphics conference, where they've shown all sorts of weather effects. It becomes really interesting to think of like, when he's asking about that hot, cold question, like, are we likely to have gloves or are we likely to have uh, consumer wind technology, right? Like, can, can, which is going to get to consumers first? The ability to set up some kind of like a weather building unit in your play space that blows hot or cold air on you at the just the right moment or are we going to get gloves first uh i don't know i mean i, I don't know if either existed. of those are on the i've the same time those where there's fans blowing at you and you know there's people working on smell of vision and there's Daniel, work, you know, i kyle's mic is providing a kind of haptics directed at my ears yeah see it's it's not asmr it's K-S-M-R. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, I can't wait yeah. to hear how bad this sounds. Oh, yeah. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're not going to stop talking about it for the next well, week. I guess I got to, we're going really to Slack and he's just going to be talking about this yeah. nonstop after he listens to himself. Oh, my gosh. Um. Yeah. So uh, th- we'll try to get better demos and de- better videos of this because you really do want to see this up close exactly how long the delay is from like releasing something to having the haptic effect. It's you're talking frames of difference in the video. And I don't know, it's always hard to to convey in any video that we do on this stuff just how great it felt. But it did feel really, really, really well, neat having that we, level of physics. We shook hands. And, yeah, I mean, we've done this before, but it, it, it really, right. you know, it felt, it felt like I was shaking hands with a ghost. That's the way I would right. describe it. But yeah. it's better than shaking hands with the open air, right? It was enough to, like, give me this sense of, like, I'm shaking hands with an apparition. And I, I really appreciated that. Like, it was better than holding a controller in my hand 
and shaking that and feeling the controller vibrate. Like I've never really enjoyed, I've never had a good effect of holding a controller and having that happen. I know some apps have done that. It's been eh. But this felt better than that whole like hand shaking thing I've, I've yeah, seen in I some. Re- I really felt that if Ian and I wanted to, we could have had our ghost moment where I could have stood behind him and we could have molded clay together. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Haptex and tell them that that's the demo that they need to give next year at CES 2024. It's the, the, the ghost. The ghost, you know, Patrick oh, Swayze gosh. to me more. Oh, man. Our commenters are already talking about your dad jokes. Welcome back for the, the dad joke. Uh, yeah, you know what we have to do? Come up with ideas for ways he can he can uh, he can tease us all with his terrible mic next week, and you know turn 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 your frown upside down regarding uh, how this microphone went. I'm gonna we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna definitely figure it out. And who knows if I'll even be back next week? I think Heaney after after he's done with his super secret high high tech project that he might want to, to not have me on. Uh, as much, we think that uh, he's going to have some regrets on having me take your place. VR, no, oh, AR, AR tattoos. Has anybody done that? Like a QR code as an as a tattoo, and then it's like, yeah, some. Oh my gosh, a ghost demo. I'm really upset right now. Yeah, there is the. Uh, all right, so we're getting close to the end of the show. I'm I'm at fourteen percent. I want to pitch. Uh, a couple things coming up. Uh, we've got Atlantis launching in Walkabout Mini Golf this Thursday. So that mm-hmm. is the first three ninety nine course, first course that's costing the new amount from Walkabout Mini Golf uh, from them. Uh, reflective of their sort of increased ambitions for that game, they're trying to. They've been hiring people and uh, building up their staff and now they're like firing it all on all cylinders to get people building bigger brighter better courses and uh we've got a tour video already scheduled over on our channel uh showing through that entire course uh we've got the playlist with i think uh nine or ten courses now covered in walkabout mini golf showing the design evolution from just four courses over a launch to now licensed courses and this extensive collection so we'll have that going up at embargo on thursday you can find that video over on uh scheduled out already ian when when are we getting an upload vr walkabout mini golf course oh my gosh uh so what i was thinking kyle would be cool is to organize some kind i've been obsessed with this idea of a pro-am i like this idea of having vr devs uh playing with uh fans of their games and doing doing that in in like a tournament format in walkabout i thought organizing some kind of like a pro-am tournament in walkabout would be like a cool way a cool way to like i don't know get the whole community together in a, in a way that like i think a lot of people would want to watch those sorts of games being played the conversations yeah. that happen across the course well, if, uh, if we're yeah, do, I don't think we're going to upload course anytime soon. If we're going to do reporting on uh, on golf, then I'm definitely going to have to practice this this voice here. So as, as Ian walks <laughs> up to the tee, the silence, it's palpable. You can hear it, the stress, the tension. Will Ian make his putt? Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, we're also uh, less than a month away from PSVR 2. 
Uh, we've uh, we put a tweet out there earlier this week uh, asking to see people's setups where they've got uh, setups ready for their PSVR 2 to plug right in. I saw a couple of tweets in reply uh, that were just kind of cool. It's, it's neat to see like people have their PSVR 1s hooked up still and like they've got their racing rig set up in their living room just sort of waiting for the insertion of this new headset right into their their setup. Uh, we're just a few few days away from that. Um, yeah, well, I'll just and, send uh, you a picture, Ian, of the back of my computer with a USB-C port. That's my PSVR 2 cell. Oh my god! You want to see? Oh, yeah, it rose me <laughs> a little bit before. Yeah, if you if you if you complain about uh if you complain about your audio quality on on Slack, I'm going to complain at you about the dad joke. So, uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> if we get into a fist fight live on the show, we'll we'll go up to 300 viewers per. Oh, what would, that, what would that even look like? I don't know, right? Like, like I don't know. You know. If I get really into it, I'll punch my screen and then you'll hear that, right? Right. I won't feel it, though. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot uh, brewing. We are uh, also want to mention that uh, we've got Harry and Henry. I think they're getting really close to relaunching the games cast. And then, of course, with PSVR 2 launching, we've, we've got an, a list of all the games that are launching on PSVR 2. There was a new one just added today. Townsman VR is is joining the launch lineup for PSVR 2. And uh, yeah, I've seen, it's interesting to see kind of like the range of opinion about like whether that, uh, whether that launch library is good or not, right? Like it's a lot of stuff people have seen already, but like some of that stuff is going to be at an entirely different level of quality and fidelity than has been possible on standalone. So, and even games, some games that won't run on standalone at all. So it's looking like a great lineup. So if we're talking about the, what they, they, they chose 30 titles, I believe it was for the PSVR 2 launch. One of them was what the bat. And I didn't hear any of the people complaining about that being in the lineup. I'm just saying I looked for, I looked for everybody complaining that that was part of the lineup and nobody complained about that title. Almost as if it is actually a really good game. Just putting it out there. <laughs> All right, some, 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 some people in our comments aren't going to forgive us for that. I don't really care. Uh, your, yeah. your comments are noted, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I still think it's a, yeah, I'm still, I still stand behind it and my reasoning stand. But yeah, we love our children. We love uh, people who have good experiences right off the bat in VR. And what the bat, uh, it's not just children, it's everyone can have a great experience immediately with that. Uh, yeah. Um, Demio, I, I can't wait to play Demio. It was sort of, it was, it was sinking in with me that Demio is going to get a whole nother like giant collection of players who can join in uh, and play games with us and meet up. So I'm very, very excited about that. The commenters, uh, they're just uh, teasing. Yeah, they're just going off now. Uh, uh-oh. Sadly, as Bradley says, he's clipping this. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good. Hey, I, I, yeah, do it. Clip it. Make it happen. Because I, 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 I'm not, yeah. I, I, I'm never so going like to apologize for my comments. <laughs> yeah, sampler. So people who don't like what the bet don't love their children. I, I think that's fair. What do you think? I, I, I mean, you were saying? No, I'm a sampler thing. Sampler, 
Samplers asking a question. What if they don't have kids? Yeah. I don't okay, know. If, you, if you don't love the game, what the bat, you don't love your hamsters. Yeah, I mean, okay, you don't. You, just, you don't you know, love baby elephants. Do you hate baby elephants? Because if you do, then you don't like what the bat. Baby elephants. All right. How, go, can, you go. Not, how can you not like, for just, for just cents on the dollar each month, you could save this poor baby elephant. Some, they're starting to sound like a Sally Struthers commercial from 1987. Oh, I'm at 9%. How's your battery at, Kyle? I just plugged in, so I'm slowly going from, nope, 17%. But yes, we should probably end this episode before I start talking well, louder and everybody goes nuts again. We're right at the edge. We're, we're, uh, we're, oh my gosh, I almost said every name on staff. Where David's timer is going to uh, oh, go. Right. We've got a little timer that shows us how long our show is lasting. Mm-hmm. And it's at one fifty-seven. And right when it turns over to two hours, it goes back to zero because he didn't expect us to go that long. And we're about to reach that mark. Thank you all yeah. for tuning in. We had a lot of people stay for the duration of the show. Yeah. Our, our, yeah. our heated battle, you know. Yeah. I, 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 I was, I got, I, I can't tell if you hating the term killer app or your microphone is what enraged me, but it's one or the other. I'm not, it's probably both. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to do a quick shout out to Daniel Leeper. If you're still in the comments, here is your shout out. Uh, and, uh, you know, it is nice to see a lot of the regulars here. I do, I do miss you guys. Uh, but don't worry, I'm going to have my own show soon without Ian and without David Heaney. And it would just be me and whatever I want to talk about. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. We'll get there. We'll have the, uh, yeah, yeah no, Keeney and I will have our, yeah, we'll have our serious Ben Stein and the deep dive uh, conversations. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can have your, uh, the view and VR show. Absolutely. Except not the view, but something. I don't know. I need a name. I need a name for what the show should be. So if you have ideas, tweet me. Funk, Funky says the, the Kyle show. Just the Kyle show? Reverie Kyle show. I mean, yeah. Kyle Kyle unhinged. Bradley says Kyle unhinged. I like that one. But but unhinged? I mean, it doesn't... I need some level of... Oh, no. Bradley, you have to come and be my first guest. Yeah, if he comes on and is your first guest, he can name the show. Is that, like, whatever gets the most votes in the comments? Funky Sloth, actually. What the Kyle? I love that. The walking Kyle, Kyle untethered. Yeah. Natural born Kyle untethered is good. James, yeah. Everyone fired up at the end of this. Goodness. Yeah. Wow. I love all of these things. Kyle untethered. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Let's let's give credit where credit's due. James out loud. At loud. At loud. loud. James out loud. You came up with it first. I don't know. That's that's pretty good. Kyle Untethered is pretty good. Yeah. All right. Maybe. I'll start working on the graphics for it. All right. Yeah, I'm ready to sign off. I'm going to end the stream soon. Okay. Thank you all for tuning in. I'll let Kyle have the last word. All right. I'll see you all in the future. See you next week. Okay. The last word. The last word is pass through. As loud as I can say it, pass through. So long, everyone. See you in the future.